and I, I feel like this is not said enough. I'm just going to say you have to be genuinely curious about your partner's experience. You know, the moment that we think we know what's going on with our partner, our relationship is in trouble. Hey guys, welcome back. I'm Leanna. I'm Jared. And this is another episode of Hello and Goodbye. Ooh, I like it. Yeah, you guys, we just uh, <laughs> we just practiced that to try something new. You know, we've just been workshopping it. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. But we would love your input if you like it or if you don't like sure. it. Sure, <laughs> just let us know. No, but seriously, um, we want to get into it today because we have such an amazing episode. Yes, Jared and I recorded with our guest yesterday, and you guys already know who she is. It's Dr. Morgan. I'm obsessed with her. Um, there's going to be a day where I send her good morning texts. I'm just going to, I'm, I'm going to say like that. Manifesting that. Yeah, I'm yeah. going to manifest that. Um, no. And we talk about setting boundaries in the early stages of relationships and then navigating conflict when things start to get tough. Um, mm-hmm. and, or even if you're in a relationship for a long time. So it's really a fantastic conversation and, um, I can't wait for you guys to hear it. So we're going to try and keep this intro kind of short. Sure. We say that every week. Who knows? And don't do it, but we're going to really <laughs> try. <laughs> wait, question for you. Is Dr. Morgan the official or unofficial guru of hello and goodbye? Oh, I think the, maybe the unofficial because she doesn't know she is. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Or like, is like guru the right word? We'll have to, you know what? This is another thing you and I will workshop for (laughs) 10 minutes before our next episode. Uh, One more thing too. uh, Dr. Morgan tells hello and goodbye something that she hasn't told anybody else yet. We get an H&G exclusive. An H&G exclusive, exactly. So let's go over a few things really quickly. One, we've got the merchandise. So if you're interested, all of the merchandise is up on the website. website. We've got the H&G hat, which is only $10, which is a steal because it's cute. But like, you know, again, not what I thought I was getting, but it's cute. Yes. Um, and then we've got the the two sweatshirts, the gray and the green, and then we've got the hello and goodbye mug. And then speaking of the mug, we've got the contest going right now. So we already have some new entries for the reviews. Oh, we got an amazing review. We got yeah, and guys, they're good. So if you want that H and G mug, go on Apple Podcasts, submit a five star, and then write us a review. Something funny, quirky, endearing, unique, something that's going to set you aside from everybody else. And Jared will pick a winner, and I'll pick a winner on October 31st in our Halloween costumes. We will do a live. We should do an Instagram live. Okay. This means I actually need a Halloween costume. But you okay. need to act, you and you and we need to make sure that we're together on the 31st. <laughs> okay, so there's going to be an Instagram live. Jared is aware of that now. Um, and then we will also announce it on the podcast. So if you aren't on social media, you'll be able to contact us from then. 
Mm-hmm. And then also make sure to go check out our Patreon account. Um, if you want to subscribe and support the podcast, we've got three different tiers. Each tier has something different that we offer you guys. And if you want those bonus episodes, make sure you sign up for the Hustlin' Bee and or the Swag Bee to get all of the bonus episodes and content that we have to offer. And that's www.patreon.com slash hello and goodbye podcast. Yes. Thank you for your support. Also, it's starting to get chilly here at night. I wore the hello and goodbye sweatshirt in the evening when I was sitting outside. It was so comfy and wonderful. Oh, I know. It actually is really comfortable. It's like a really good sweatshirt. Yes. It's a really nice sweatshirt. I wear mine Mm -hmm. all the time. Zach was over here at my place last night and he was chilly. So I just gave him the one that I had and the medium actually fit him pretty well. So it's like, you know, you can, you can either have it be like a little bigger on you and kind of, I like my stuff bulky or like you can have it a little bit more snug and it's comfortable either way. So guys, actually the sweatshirts are really nice. Um, Yeah. So thank you for saying that, Jared. I appreciate your support. Okay. (laughs) So before we update, let's just talk about our sponsor for the show. It's V fresh. You guys are um, used to us talking about them because they're such an amazing company that empower women and help women give their confidence back. They've got products that allow for the um, health of our vaginas to be balanced and the health of our bladders to work efficiently. So we've got the V cleanse, which is a pure boric acid um, that you can use to help again, fight against infections. And then there's the V tract, which helps with UTIs and or just supporting healthy function of the bladder. And then there's also a V gentle, which is just like a, a, a wash Um, for down there to help keep everything stable. Make sure you don't use that inside. That's only for the outside. But anyway, Mm -hmm. we love this company. I use their products. I swear by it. I'm in their Facebook group, uh, the V babes. It's hilarious. All these women are so supportive. So go check that out, check that out on Facebook. But if you guys want to purchase something from them, you get a discount code from us. So use all capital hello 2020 for 10% off your order at www.vfresh.com. V is V E E. And you can also find the link to their website from our website, www.hello and goodbye podcast.com. You are like a real pro. <laughs> I have, to, you know I have to step fun? my game up. You know, what's funny is um, when you're a yoga teacher and I'm sure other oh, teachers yeah. feel the same, other like fitness instructors feel the same way. You have to be really good about saying clear, fast words. Yep. Because it's like, okay, now step this foot forward and plant, plant into this hand and sweep up here and go here. And it's like, and so I'm kind of used to having to like turn it on a little bit. Yeah. And I think that has helped. I, I think th- so too. Yeah, who knew my yoga career would help in my podcast? (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's so funny because I don't, I sometimes have a hard time listening back to the show. And when I, like, on the most recent episode, I'm like, oh, God, I'm so, like, mush-mouthed. Like, a lot of times I'm, like, swallowing my words and you can't really hear them clearly. So maybe I should, like, I don't know how to work on enunciating, but I will try to do that. Become a yoga teacher? Yeah, I guess so. (laughs) No, I think you do great. I mean, I think... You know, everybody has different kind of ways that they quote unquote stutter. In line with that, did you know, since you just brought it up, did you know that I have, still have 
um, like an actual stutter. Like I have, like when I was a little kid, I you had like a legit that. speech impediment. Yeah, I was in speech therapy until I was in eighth grade. I could like barely wow. talk when I was really young. Yeah. So when does your, when do you find your stutter comes out more? When I'm like either, it's either like stressed out, uh, nervous, you know, I think kind of being like run down also, you know, it's, it's, I really, I need to go back and do some like hardcore research into stuttering mm. because unlike other speech impediments, I feel like it's like more psychological, like it's, mm. you know, and like, I think of, I don't know, I, I feel like it's related to ways that I have like anxiety and mm -hmm. a lot of like fear and control stuff in my life. Mm -hmm. And so, um, because it's like the weirdest experience because I can, you know how you like form a sentence in your head and then start saying it? Yeah. So I form the sentence in my head and I know like four or five words ahead of time, like the mm -hmm. word that I'm going to get stuck on. Really? Yeah. Oh, that's fascinating. I can like feel it coming. And then if I'm quick enough, I'll like reword what I'm saying or like, what? Like with a stutter, you, you do a lot of acting, right? You do a lot of like, or like, cause if, if you can catch it in time where you're not like, like, you know, or like, like audibly like struggling with the word. Uh, you can sort of fool people and hide your stutter, right? Like, interesting. Um, and so, you know, you get good at like rewording things on the fly or like acting like you're thinking to just give yourself time to like relax and actually get the word out or whatever it is. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's very, very fascinating. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm over here dying because so we are, we're recording remotely tonight because Jared had to stay home and kind of get some things done. So we're recording via Zencaster, which is what we use for the audio recording. But then we're looking at each other through FaceTime on our phones. I am not joking you. M my boyfriend's name has hit messaged me and the message has popped down on my phone. I'm not, I'm, I'm going to say, 15 times now. Really? Last, yeah. Let me check. I'm going to check. Need to, do you need to, let, is he okay? I think he's okay. I think he's just going, it's 17 times. He's texted me 17 times. What? He's mostly gifts. Yeah. He's just being silly. Oh, that's sweet though. Yeah. It's cute. I don't oh, think I've ever texted anyone 17 times in a row. <laughs> <laughs> I definitely have. <laughs> um, no, it's kind of that, like, it's kind of like that, like, it's almost like that, you know, that he texted me again. I'm sorry, I'm just dying. You know that Tom Hanks gif where Tom, where, like, from Forrest Gump and he's, like, standing there and he's, like, waving at you? Oh, yeah. Like, I feel like it's kind of that, like, if you're doing something, you're watching TV or whatever, TV and... You're just like, I'm going to text this person like nine memes and a lot of emojis, like just to kind of annoy them, but in a cute way. Yeah, I get I it. I think happening. it's cute. Yeah, it's like, hey, I'm letting you know I'm thinking about you <laughs> and being sort of silly and over the top and whatever. <laughs> I'm going to I'm gonna text him on my laptop and just let him know I'm recording right now because it's uh, 
as you guys know, I'm ADD and ADHD, um, and this is distracting me. So hold on one second. Anyway, so updates for this week. Yeah. I have a really funny... Oh, I should talk about Olive. So you guys yes. uh, mentioned last week that Olive had surgery. So she that's another reason we're recording remotely is because I'm at home with her. She's doing actually really, really well. So this is day... Let's see... Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. So day six post-surgery. And she's actually doing better than she did in the first surgery. And I think the reason why is because her other leg feels so good now. Mm. So she's got that other leg that she had the surgery on. So anyway, she's doing really well. We're almost to, you know, the end of week one. And then we've got another week and she can get her stitches out. And then it's six more weeks after that of kind of, PT, slow PT, slow walking, starting to build that muscle back and just taking it easy until the bone heals back together. So Mm. it's a long road ahead, but, um, I, you know, I'm really, I'm, I'm super relieved that this is over, like that the surgery is over. And like, now all we have to look forward to is like healing. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah, I have something else exciting go (laughs) so i may be so you guys have to follow me on social media now because i may be fostering a kitten wow yeah that's gonna be a good follow i know so my the idea came because olive and i are stuck here for you know the next seven weeks and olive's exhausted it's been like a year and a half of like not getting to play and and run and chase her ball. And she's stuck in this cage on my bed. And it's like, it's horrible to, you know, I mean, she's obviously she's spoiled. She gets treats and foods and cuddles all the time. But I thought, you know, what is something we could do that would bring us both joy, but also help something else out. And Mm -hmm. so we will be most likely, it's not a hundred percent, it's not a hundred percent sure, but we will most likely be fostering a kitten which will then need a home. Oh. Yeah. Oh, that'd be great if we could get a listener to adopt the, yes. the kitten. Yes. Yes. That would be so neat. So anyway, so follow me on social at underscore Leanna Joan or at Hello and Goodbye Podcast and stay tuned with what happens there. Okay, so then my other funny update was I was having a conversation with Zach and I was trying, actually, this is the perfect lead in because I was going to tell him about the kitten because I keep bugging him. Like, are you going to get a kitten? Are you going to get a kitten? And he's like, no, <laughs> <laughs> but I always keep asking him. So anyway, I was going to, I decided I was going to tell him that I'm interested in getting a foster kitten because then when Olive and I go to his place, I would bring the kitten with me. I'm not going to leave it here. Right. Mm-hmm. So I said, Hey babe, I'm going to tell you something. And I don't know how you're going to react to it. And the first thought in his mind, the first thing he thinks to say to me to that is, are you freezing your eggs? Was it like, was it like you didn't even get it out of your mouth? You were like, Hey, there's something I'm not sure you're going to feel. And he's like, you're freezing your eggs. I knew this day was coming. That's amazing. 
what's funny about it because he and I have you know like very briefly talked about kids and is that something that he would want is that something I would want and and you know what I said to him because he's quite a bit younger than me is okay well be, let's be realistic because I am now when this episode comes out it'll be a day after my birthday so I'm now 34 yay Karen oh, and you're I partied at hard oh no we're gonna party it up tonight on oh the night the episode drops that's right yes yes yeah. and by party I mean downtown uh, social distance with wine yeah. at a table outside <laughs> yeah, maybe a couple of glasses of wine and a nice dinner it's going to exactly. be a real rave yeah. here but it'll yeah. be lit for sure yeah yeah so anyway I said you know there is a statistic that a woman loses I ooh, I want to say seventy percent of her egg count when she turns 35 it doesn't happen like a, all at once like a timer it's not well, like and i and i 35 like and and honestly i don't know if that statistic is 100 percent sure uh, yeah i think you we might want to like don't listen and obviously don't go to not the everybody is the yeah. same right yeah so it all depends on like but the gina but, davis had twins at 57 yeah, that, yeah, that is not going to be me. <laughs> but anyway, I mean, your chances, be realistic, your chances go down. Well, and, yeah, and, and it's more likely to be a high-risk pregnancy when you're older yes, and things exactly. like that. Yeah, that, that is very true. Pre pregnancy is absolutely ridiculous. That's anyway, fucking crazy. I know. So it's just so funny that that was his first thought in his head, and I just, I died. I was laughing. I could not stop laughing. That's so great. Funny. Oh, that's great. So, so yeah, other than that and Olive and hanging out at home, I'm kind of enjoying like, I'm kind of stuck here. So I'm kind of, it feels a little bit like nostalgic of the first part of the pandemic, <laughs> you know, where like you're forced to stay inside and it kind of is the simpler times mm -hmm. and like, you know, you're just with your family and you're eating in and you're not going out. And um, I don't know. It's like, it's been kind of nice. It's helped me stay grounded a little bit. I, I miss that, like, where, like, you're doing puzzles. Like, remember, yes. at, like, the very beginning, like, everyone was yes. just, like, doing I puzzles know. and reading books and so Oh, it was so wonderful. I yeah. know. It's so funny. You know, it's so funny because when that first happened, we were like, oh, I miss going out and I miss, like, normal life. And, and now yeah. we're like, oh, I really miss, like, doing that puzzle. Oh, <laughs> you know what I want to do again? I, I want to play cards with you and your mom again. We need Let's to do, do that more. That was really, that's like yeah. a good time. Yeah. Well, Zach is into playing cards too. So we'll Let's just do have it. Card night. Yeah. Just um, like afternoons playing some rummy. Yes. And is there going to be a new batch, a bachelorette episode that has already premiered on Tuesday or did, is there a game seven of the NBA? Oh, uh, their bachelorette will be starting on Tuesday because the NBA finals are over and the LA Lakers have won the title. Oh, isn't LeBron with the Lakers? That is correct. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> is not isn't like any team that LeBron is on win? Uh, n no, they didn't win. They, they, they didn't even make the playoffs last year and LeBron last won in, was it 18? 2018? Or no, 2017 oh. they beat the Warriors, and the Warriors won, and then... Oh, uh, yeah, Toronto and then the Heat won, won right? Toronto, the Raptors. 
Oh, yeah. No, I don't know anything about sports. That's okay. Yeah, but I did know that LeBron was at the Lakers. Good for you. Thank you. I like that you said at the Lakers. (laughs) (laughs) He's at the Lakers now. (laughs) If you need him, if you need to find him, that's where he's at. The Lakers. Yes, definitely. So anyway, guys, we are huge Bachelor franchise fans. Yep. We may comment every now and then on it, but we are super stoked. We get together at the every episode and we watch it together. And I'm yeah, what are we? Are we going on four years now? It's yeah, it's gotta be right. Yeah, 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 four years of Bachelor, Bachelorette, Bachelor in Paradise. Our favorite, which is the best one. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, well, Jared, why don't you give us your update? Um, it's so interesting about your story about freezing your eggs because my update is about getting old too. You know, because <laughs> I, ah! I, can't I, you said that. I had my, I like I I did I had my like physical appointment with my doctor, but I like started with this new oh, doctor. Oh, you saw a doctor? Yeah, but it's virtual. But I like oh. I got. And I'm seeing this cool doctor out of this like prevention medicine, like specialist kind of nice. place. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it was like very, I was like, okay, so <laughs> like right at the beginning, I was like, uh, I'll be, so I'm turning 40 in like in, in February. And he was like, oh, I'm going to actually have to pay attention. And or he was like, oh. he was like, he was like, oh, like we're going to have to take this seriously. <laughs> you know, like, and he was joking, but like. <gasps> And then I proceeded to, I was like, I have like 12 questions to ask you about all the like weird, annoying things that are like wrong with me. My yeah. shoulder's really messed up. Off off mic, I'm going to have to ask you about it because I know you've been like okay. dealing with shoulder stuff. I, he said it's probably bursitis of some kind. Mm, interesting. Is that what you had? Uh, no. Oh. I had a rotator cuff tear. Oh, yeah. And a yeah. labral tear and uh, impingement. Okay. I'm not, yeah. I, I haven't torn anything yet. but Yeah. Well, that's good. Yeah. So. <laughs> okay. So that's happening. And then, um, did you get I, all of your 12 questions answered? Yeah. For the most part. Okay. Yeah. And all I right. got like, I have, I have to do like a bajillion blood tests, like oh. and all these things and stuff like that. Lovely. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it'll be fine. Um, I have a recommendation for you and the audience. There's a show on HBO, max or whatever or just hbo i guess if anyone still has cable um (laughs) it's called i may destroy you and Mm. it's amazing it's amazing it's like sort of written and uh produced and stars this young woman of color whose name i'm not gonna remember her first name is michaela and then what is her last name uh anyway it's so 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 good it's like it's a tough show to watch it is like revolves a lot around consent michaela coel or mm, Cole. okay um but it's super duper i will i i will have to figure out how we get you to watch it because yeah, yeah i don't have hbo max yeah i actually don't pay for a single subscription um i don't either <laughs> <laughs> okay so i use my parents amazon prime uh-huh oh no wait i'm on my own amazon prime that's the only one Okay, I'm on, I'm on my, Netflix with friends and HBO Max with friends. Yeah, Netflix with parents, Hulu with sister. Ooh, Disney I'm not Plus. on a Hulu. Can I can I mooch off Krista's Hulu oh, too? You gotta ask her. Maybe okay. she might want something in return. And then Zach, I'm on Disney Plus with Zach. So I go. just need an HBO Max uh, giver. 
See, I, I can't because I'm already mooching someone else's HBO. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. Well, is that it? I think that's it. Okay. So yes, we kept it good. we kept it kind of short for you guys. Um, yeah, but I think the biggest thing is thank you so much for listening. Yeah. And we appreciate you and I hope you really enjoy this episode. It's absolutely fantastic, and we'll see you after. Yes. Enjoy Dr. Morgan. All right. Well, I am so excited to introduce my next guest who is returning to the show is Dr. Morgan. Um, thank you so much for being here. Yes. Thanks for having me. I'm excited. Of course. Yes. And I didn't really give you like an introduction, but um, if you want to talk a little bit about yourself, yourself for maybe some listeners who didn't listen to episode 15, um, which you were on and we talked about attachment theory, but just tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm a clinical psychologist and relationship coach, and I'm fascinated by attachment theory. Um, and also I love studying self-worth and how we can improve our self-worth and basically taking those things and applying them to relationships and helping women specifically raise their self-worth, use attachment theory, and then have great relationships. And mm -hmm. then as you know, you were part of the program. That's the program I've developed, the Empowered, Secure, and Loved Relationship Coaching Program. And I'm so passionate about that and getting to serve women, have mm -hmm. help them have the relationships that they deserve. So yes. And yeah. you have a podcast too. Let's I get do. Vulnerable. Let's get vulnerable. Let's get vulnerable. And I'm on Instagram, as you know, at Dr. Yes. Morgan coaching. So yeah. yeah. And we'll plug you at the end too and get cool. all of your stuff out there. But Love yeah, it. I mean, I, I reached out to you on Instagram. I just found your page. I don't remember. I think you popped up as someone I may want to follow and and then I DM'd you and I was like, hey, listen, I've been dying to get someone on the show to talk about attachment theory because I read the book a couple of years ago and I'm like obsessed with it. And then yeah. you were like, yeah, sure. Like you had me on attachment theory. Yep. <laughs> and then you came on the show and then we really connected. And yeah. then I did your eight week dating program. Yes. And um, it was like, it was just honestly just so like every time I think about that time, like I felt like I was a little bit in like a camp you know, like adult mm -hmm. camp. Mm -hmm. And it was just such a special program. And there was so much growing and really yeah. getting uh, like vulnerable with yourself. And there were so many things I learned. And one of the things that we worked on a lot was kind of like navigating the beginning stages of a relationship and how to take that into the further stages of a relationship. Yes. So I wanted to talk to you today about kind of in the beginning stages, that kind of pacing part of learning how to set boundaries, learning what your boundaries are, mm -hmm. and then navigate into, okay, well then what happens when there's conflict? Um, so yeah. I don't know if you could maybe just talk to us a little bit about like what, what are boundaries that we should have? in the beginning stages. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I want to just kind of start by saying that people get this wrong a lot when it comes to the early stages. 
you they kind of think like, oh, I'm just going to play it cool and like it's brand new and like I'll just go with the flow, etc. But the early stages of dating are so important. You're basically building your relationship culture, right? Every relationship has a culture, the norms, the expectations, how we communicate, how we express love. And in the beginning, you're building that culture and molding it. So you're kind of setting the stage for the rest of the relationship. Mm. So no pressure, but (laughs) the early early stages are kind of a big deal. It's Mm. really important. So how you show up really matters, right? And you talked about, okay, you need to be able to set boundaries. And anytime you're setting boundaries, anytime you're expressing your needs, you're gathering data. You're seeing how that person responds, Mm. right? And it's a really great way to know, do I want to be in this relationship based on how is this person responding to me? Mm. But if you don't show up and you don't do those things, and then all of a sudden you're a year in and you have a really important boundary and the person freaks out, like, okay, you didn't gather that data. You know, you didn't look at it early on. So Mm. I'm so glad we're talking about this. It's incredibly important. Yeah. So what is, can you just kind of, what is a boundary? Yeah. It's a really great question. And boundaries can be first off with ourselves, right? We have to be clear on what are my boundaries. Um, you know, there there can be boundaries that are limits and and boundaries that are needs. So it's any time though that you're able to make it clear what what you need, mm. right? Um, I, you know, I think there's obviously ones around intimacy. There's ones around communication. There's there's boundaries around time and and pacing. Obviously, we talk about mm-hmm. pacing in the relationship. Your pacing boundaries of the mm-hmm. investment. How much time are you spending early on? But boundary, it's like there are so many. And mm-hmm. and sometimes here's what I want to say is most of us haven't learned how to tune into ourselves to even know what our boundaries are. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Jared got excited about that. <laughs> that was exactly the question I was going to ask you. Cause I think, you know, cause you mentioned self-worth earlier and a lot of times yeah. it's like, how do we even know? Well, like, are there keys we can tune into of if our boundaries aren't being met in a relationship or mm-hmm. how do we kind of do the work ourselves before we start to be able to be, have that awareness to even then express them? Yeah. You take an eight-week dating coaching program. <laughs> yeah. Come to the program, right? Like, you know, I think in the first half of it, we're really focused on on you, on your relationship with yourself, right? Um, at, maybe at some point you learned that your needs weren't important or that you couldn't set boundaries or that if you did, the person would pull away. Maybe with a parent, if you set a boundary, you were punished for that. So all of us have these beliefs about relationships that are oftentimes sabotaging how we show up. So Mm. until you've gotten clear about, well, hey, what are the beliefs about myself? And then what are the beliefs I have about relationships? Right? Like until you've identified all that, you can't really show up in the relationship that you really want. 
Maybe it'll mm-hmm. be an okay relationship, but mm-hmm. you haven't identified like what do you actually really want and deserve. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So what if you, okay, let's say you've done all the work yeah. and I mean, obviously nobody's perfect. <laughs> I was going to say, no, it's not all the work. It never it's ends. All never of ends. the work. The work is complete. So, so you're 98 <laughs> years old. You've done all the work. <laughs> I mean, at that point, you don't care anyway. <laughs> yeah. No, but okay, um, you've done you've done quite a bit of work. You've done a lot, a lot of work. And okay. you're really good at expressing what your needs are. Like, let's say um, it's, hey, listen, when we get in an argument, at the end of the argument to really feel like connected to you, I need some reassurance. You know, like, yeah. the, let's say that's a need or whatever. What right. if, what if you're, you know, in those early stages again, what if you're with someone that's, that doesn't respect that or does it, is that something that can grow or is it kind of like, mm. like you, do you see what I'm saying is I like, how, you know, because I, I know, okay, I'm going to, well, <laughs> I want to be careful how I say this, but you know, Jared and I have done a lot of work on ourselves and we're yeah. very introspective. And yeah. I know in the past I've been dating guys or been with partners. And I don't know if you've gotten the same thing, but I've gotten the critique that I act like I'm talking, like I'm too clinical mm-hmm. when I'm, you know, trying to express my needs or whatever. So what it like, where did the boundaries go with that? It, like how much compassion is there for that person that they can maybe grow in that? And like, you want I mean, yeah. do you understand what I'm saying? Am I making I hear, any sense? Yeah, yeah. You're making a lot of sense. So anytime we're in a new relationship, we're having to express our needs. We're having to, you know, be able to show up with who who we really are and what we really need, right? And based on how that person responds, that's information. So, so let's say you say to someone you're dating, hey, after conflict, I really need repair. I really need something that helps me feel reassured and that we have a secure attachment. You know, maybe you don't say it exactly like that. And you're like, yeah, I, I need, I, after a conflict, I really need a hug. You know, yeah. you put it in their language. Um, and if they say, I hear you and I don't feel like I can do that. That's not something I want to do you get to think about two things. You get to say, okay, so that's where they're at. I'm taking note. That's their capacity. And then how do the other thing is, how do I feel about it? Is there a way that I could get that met another way or I could ask for something else? Mm -hmm. So you ask both and then you have to make a decision, right? You gather enough data and then you have to decide, is this the kind of relationship culture that I want long-term? Does this meet my needs well enough? Because as we all know, romantic relationships will not meet all your needs. That is not possible. Mm -hmm. But does it meet my needs well enough in the way that I want my partner to meet my needs? And it's either yes or no, but you don't know right away. You have to kind of gather mm-hmm. some data on that. Is that helpful? Yes. 
Do you have any thoughts? I do. So, (laughs) well, along the same line. So in these initial stages of a relationship, right, as you're gathering data, like one of the things you said earlier, Dr. Morgan, was, you know, to those, the importance of those initial stages is setting the culture. And one example you used was someone like playing it cool, right? And that makes perfect sense because I think a lot of people want to sort of like, oh, I'm not going to sort of show up with all my needs right now and scare the person away, right? Mm-hmm. What about the opposite where, uh, you know, you vomit you, all your needs, not, not, not really vomit, but you're so excited that mm-hmm. you kind of, you know, like, like, I think that can happen to a lot of people at the beginning of relationships. You're so excited. Yeah. You're not sort of setting the space you need for your yeah. separateness. Like you want, like there, it just feels natural. Like kind of what you say about, we use this analogy all the time. Like, are you in the same place in the pool? So yeah. what if you're in the same place? In the, is that what you're saying? Like no. you're in? The, oh, I never think Doctor Morgan understands. <laughs> I think I got it. Yeah. I mean, so you're you're talking about like you're really excited about this person, and you feel like you're investing, and you want to express it, and you want to tell them like, "Hey, I really really like you," and you know, is that right? Is that what you're talking about? Or or like just. It, be, that excitement at the beginning is like you're together every day and what, yeah, and, you yeah. know, ways that aren't really sustainable. Yeah. So then how do you sort of not set a culture where yeah. it's then going to be overwhelming for probably both of you? you right. Know? So, so obviously attachment theory comes into this, right? Because you're describing someone, maybe they are securely attached, but they at least have anxious attachment tendencies, if not mm-hmm. fully anxious attached. Because if you're doing that early on, um, you're you're prioritizing the relationship above other needs, right? Like you mm-hmm. you are hopefully employed or have you know um, <laughs> other relationships, like you know you so so you're taking your other needs and then you're kind of just putting your energy into this relationship. Mm-hmm. If you're not careful, you're putting this person on a pedestal, right? Um, here's the thing. And Leanna's heard me say this many times. Um, when we are vulnerable, we want it to be reciprocal and gradual over time, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And another metaphor I have for this is the intimacy onion, right? Like you have to be able to slowly peel off the layers instead of doing it all at once. You don't want to squeeze a six-year relationship into a two-week period. <laughs> you know, we've all been there, right? Like, mm-hmm. that's exhausting. That's not sustainable. The way that you ideally want to build it is slowly with that reciprocal vulnerability over time. And and here's the thing. Obviously, enjoy the relationship. Enjoy those beginning stages. But be able to communicate about the boundaries, and you almost have to override that desire for the instant feeling of, you know, connection and say, well, hey, I do want this to be a long-term relationship. How can I set some boundaries? Right? Mm-hmm. And then agree together on what that looks like. Make it a shared conversation and explain why. Like, hey, I really like you and because I like you, I do want to take it slow and getting to know each other. And for me, that means we hang out twice a week or three times a week instead of every day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Yeah, and, and I think what's hard is like, I think most of us learn that by doing it the other way. Yes. And then feeling like really hurt or like overwhelmed, yeah. like, whoa, 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 you know, at some point you're just completely overwhelmed. And But yes. I, I, I think that's great advice to sort of try to recognize it, tune into it, and then yep. tap the brakes and have that conversation. Yeah, exactly. There's a really loud plane going. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> it's really, I would close the door, but my dog, so Olive had surgery again. Yeah. On Tuesday. Oh so um, she's doing okay, but she's, she's playing outside in her little cage. And so oh. I'm, I wanted to, she doesn't like it when I close the door because she feels, you know, dis, distant. Well, that's like her <laughs> she, needs. She has anxious attachment style. <laughs> Don't they say dogs resemble their own? Yes. <laughs> True. <laughs> so, okay. So let's say you the you've paced the relationship well or okay. or the relationship has sustained. You know, like I I've been open, you know, with my current relationship. I was secure. And then I felt anxious. And then I was a little avoidant and I pulled back and I kind of was like, okay, hold on. I got to set some boundaries. Mm. And then I felt secure again and like ready to move forward. And of course that's like mm. hard for your partner, you know, um, right. like you say, like that anxious, that anxious avoidant attachment style can be really confusing for yep. someone. Mm -hmm. So, but let's say you make it through that. <laughs> <laughs> and you're in a relationship now, maybe, you know, it's still early on, or maybe even just a long-term relationship. You yeah. know, I think conflict exists in every relationship. And yes, I personally feel like, and the only reason I feel like this is because I feel like I've never actually seen it done well, mm -hmm. but to me, conflict means anxiety, fear, um, wanting to get out of the relationship, the relationship threatened. And I, you know, like yelling, screaming, cussing, throwing things like that oh, yeah. is what, that is what I see in relationships as conflict. Yeah. And so like, how do you even, how, what, how do you get started with that? Mm. Like, how do you create this is Oh, I love this topic. Sorry. Um, I No, that's okay. Go ahead. I, I'm losing my oh, words. Take over, no, please. no, no. I was thinking about, I was having this um, memory the other day of being four years old. And when my parents used to fight, um, my mom would get in the car and she would drive away and she would threaten that she was never coming back. Wow. And as a four-year-old, that was what I had mm -hmm. in my head about conflict, that it meant mm -hmm. potential abandonment. Uh, and I carry that with me for a long time in my relationships. So all of us have those beliefs about conflict and they come from somewhere, right? Mm -hmm. And for a lot of us, they're developed even before we're fully conscious. Um, so what you need to be able to do is first look at all your beliefs about conflict and mm -hmm. let those go. Because when I meet with a couple and they've been together for 20 years and they tell me they never fight, I'm really worried about the relationship. Mm -hmm. Conflict happens with closeness, right? 
Conflict is part of being close. It's healthy. It's normal. And if you don't have any conflict, you don't have closeness. You don't have intimacy. Mm. Mm -hmm. So you need to start to reframe how you think about conflict and also think about it as an opportunity to grow as a couple. When you mm. work through conflict, you become stronger as a couple. Mm. So it's this wonderful growth opportunity. Mm-hmm. And, and many people, of course, don't see it that way. They have you know, all the negative associations with it. So how do you do that healthily? Yeah. Like how, how do so how, you manage conflict in a healthy way? Yeah. So... Leanna, you know that I teach assertive communication and I teach dialogue in the program. And honestly, dialogue has probably been the number one thing that I've seen work for couples. And it's learning how to communicate where both people can actually hear one another and actually ask for what they need. Hmm. Um, And most of us never learned how to do that, right? Mm -hmm. So it's learning how to have communication where you can feel heard, your partner can feel heard, and you can move forward in a constructive way. So, Mm -hmm. yeah. So can you give us like an example of what that would look like? Like, let's say Jared, okay, Jared and I are fighting. a couple. Okay. I love it. Um, Jared, I... Okay, so I'm mad at Jared. Okay. <laughs> because because he actually we'll go back to a situation back in like January. Okay. I was I was actually mad at Jared because oh. I felt like he wasn't Oh no no no, it wouldn't be January. It would have been March. Marchish, yeah. Mm-hmm. I felt like he was saying he wanted to be a part of the podcast but was like one foot in, one foot out. Mm-hmm. And I didn't feel like the support from like, um, not necessarily a partner. Cause you're, you know, like I do. Oh, most we're podcast yeah, partners. We're pod- podcast partners. Yeah. yeah. And I just didn't feel that, that friendship support. Yeah. And I felt like, like I wasn't getting enough. Like it wasn't just about time. It was like emotional energy. Mm-hmm. And time and investment. Yeah. And like, investment. Yeah. Yeah, like- okay. So how would you talk us through, um, and we did work that out, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, clearly we're here. Yeah. <laughs> but how would you, if we were like a couple in your office, what would you tell us to say to each other? So first off with dialogue, and I actually do this over Zoom. It's really fascinating. Um, I would have you face each other and you would look at one another. And one of you would yeah. be, <laughs> so hi- hypothetically, uh-huh. um, <laughs> One of you would do the invitation. I'd say, okay, one of you is going to have the invitation. Because that's another thing people miss. They don't ask their partner, hey, are you available for a conversation right now? Because there's always times where it's not the best time to dialogue, right? So the invitation. Mm -hmm. And then, Leanna, you know this, but I'll tell everybody. So you would have one person who's in the sender role. And they're the one who is saying, you know, I felt this way when this happened. And you have one person who's in the receiver role and the receiver's only job is to make sure that the sender felt heard. That's their only job. So they are validating, they're repeating back. They're not getting defensive. They're not, you know, saying how they feel. They're just validating what they hear. And then you switch, Mm -hmm. right? 
and you go back and forth. And it, when you say like, how do how do you get to a point where you don't feel defensive? Like, is there? Do you ever say you? Is it always like I felt this way when this happened, or I felt this way when you did this? Mm-hmm. Do, are, do you see what I'm saying? Like, yeah, yeah. is there a way? Like, how do? Oh, yeah, you, you you say you in that way, but you're leading with the hey. This was my experience. I felt this way when you did this thing. Yeah. Okay. Okay. But how how do you like what advice do you have for us? Because it's so hard not to feel defensive when we're yeah. thinking, well, you did this thing though. So two things. I mean, and I I feel like this is not sad enough. I'm just gonna say you have to be genuinely curious about your partner's experience. You know, the moment that we think we know what's going on with our partner, our relationship is in trouble. Be Mm -hmm. genuinely curious about what their actual experience is and set aside your experience, you know, knowing that you will get your turn. You will get to be the sender, (laughs) right? But in that moment, in the dialogue, when you are the receiver, all you're doing is being as curious as you can be about what your partner went through. Mm-hmm. If it's people could learn to do this, oh my God. I mean, yeah, it's, it's, this has changed so many couples lives that I've worked with over mm. and over. So I, Dr. Morgan, I did a little, um, I've done a good bit of like reading and stuff on nonviolent communication, like yeah. the Marshall Rosenberg stuff, yes, right? And, yes, yes, yes. And what I love about that is it talks about really like talking about feelings and then needs and then strategies. And what you throw out is all the sort of like analysis and interpretations of the other person. Because so many times Mm -hmm. that's what we're saying to the other person of Mm -hmm. like, well, you clearly have no respect for me or Mm -hmm. whatever. And that's not, that's not a behavior that they did. Mm -hmm. That's not your interpretation of it. Yes. Right. And one of the things I love that was on your Instagram recently, Dr. Morgan, was you sometimes you might need to express some of that and using this phrase of like, well, the story I'm telling myself about about this is, you know, that that you don't have respect for me or whatever. Yeah. You you don't the story I'm telling myself is, you know, you're not doing the dishes because you don't care about me and you want out of this marriage. I have heard those sentences in therapy and it's powerful, right? Like her, you know, the partner's not doing the dishes and the story she's telling herself is you want out of this marriage. Mm -hmm. Right. So it's powerful. Yeah. And what would be, well, never mind. I'm not going to go there. (laughs) She's censoring herself. So I, can I can I take a, a side a little side jaunt? Yeah, sure. So I, I wondered, Dr. Warren, if we could talk about um, setting boundaries with family because I think this is oh, one yeah. of the, you know, we talked about one of the places we first learn about boundaries, and I'll never forget being in my early twenties, and I love my dad, but he can be a huge pain in the ass, and he can be kind of a baby. And I was in grad school at the time, and my dad is like like, Hey, I need you to come to my house, which was a good ways away at this point this weekend and help me because I'm getting this like dining set delivered or whatever. And I'm like, I can't, I have to work. And he starts yelling at me and like, blah, blah, blah. Mm. And then, and then hangs up on me. And I'm like, so agitated. I call my sister 
And I'm like, can you help dad? And she's like, no. And I'm like, well, he did this and blah, blah, blah. And I can't help because I have to work and like whatever. And she's like, I just hang up on him when he gets like that. And I was like, what? Like, that's allowed? You know, and, and for, for me, it was like this moment that I think sometimes with boundaries, there's two pieces to it. There's like communicating to the other person and then there's managing yeah. our internal reaction. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. I don't know, like what, like, so, cause you talked a little bit about your experience in your family when you were yeah. younger, like, has that been a thing with you? Well, this is so, I mean, this topic is, there's so much we can say about this. Um, I will say this, that at every person's, at, at one point in every person's life, you get to redefine your relationships with your family members if you want mm-hmm. to, right? Mm-hmm. When we're children, we depend on our parents for survival. They feed us, they clothe us. You know, we have to what whatever boundaries they have, whatever norms they have, however emotions are expressed, we have to go along with it because we depend on them for survival. But as adults, we get to individuate and we get to determine, "Hey, what are my boundaries? How do I want to communicate?" How do I want to express anger and love and all the emotions, right? We get to determine that for ourselves. So as an adult, you get that really unique opportunity to redefine your familial relationships. And here's the thing. We all get to show up, be assertive, have boundaries, and sometimes it goes well And the relationship grows and it deepens and you feel like you have a new connection. And sometimes it goes poorly. And instead of deepening the relationship, you have distance, right? Mm -hmm. But it's a wonderful thing as an adult to give yourself that opportunity to redefine the relationship and see what happens. So good for you, Jared. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I I really appreciate you talking about how it doesn't go well, because I was working with a student recently who, you know, and I I see this in a lot of students where they start to get healthy and they start to take those steps and there's so much dysfunction or the parent figure has so much of their own stuff that they're not able to be there. And it's tremendously painful for young this phase. Sometimes your parents aren't going to meet you where you're at in your growth. And sometimes we have to love them from a distance and it can happen that way. Yeah. It's interesting. Like my, my experience with that is, and I, and I'm correlating it to now I'm kind of seeing this, but so my father is um, a very, very great man, but he does have some anger issues and I was the one that got yelled at quite a bit because I'm the loud opinionated mm. one and we're, we're very similar. So we butt heads a lot. And I remember for the first like 12 years of my life, I just let it happen. And then I'd go in my room and cry or I feel sad or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then when I turned like teenager, I was like, uh-uh, I'm talking back. <laughs> But really, it was just this bravado that was covering up the pain that I really felt. The pain you felt, yeah. And that has gone into my relationships of when, like, of me needing to put up this wall 
so that I don't feel that pain that I felt. But really, like when it comes down to it at the end of like any fight that I was with with anyone, I'd just be in tears. Right. You know, because that's really what it is. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah. You learn to like put on the boxing gloves and prepare for battle. But mm-hmm. below all that is your real emotions. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How does, I'm curious, like, what does conflict look like in a secure relationship versus conflict in an anxious avoidant relationship? Ooh, I can speak to both of those. <laughs> <laughs> I can tell you it's a lot better in a secure relationship. <laughs> because I, th- I also think about this, when you're in an anxious avoidant dynamic, you really do kind of feel worried about expressing what your needs are, or if you had an issue with something, because if, especially if you're the anxious person, right, you're, you're worried that by doing that, you'll push that person away. Mm -hmm. So this is where secure attachment is so important is we realize, well, I have to express where I'm at. I have to express what my needs are or how I felt because I want a partner who can meet me there, right? And I'm deserving of that. When I'm secure, mm-hmm. I know I'm deserving of that. And I expect it of the other person that they're going to show up and have that conversation with me. So in a, in a secure relationship, when there's conflict, of course, there's still going to be times that are uncomfortable. Of course, you're still going to feel things. But the difference is, is you feel heard by your partner and you understand that there's space for conflict And you also repair quickly. You repair quickly. You move Mm -hmm. through it. In an anxious avoidant dynamic, um, (laughs) so, I mean, you likely are not going to repair as quickly. um, And it might feel like the conflict kind of goes on and on. And I think that you might, if, if you're the anxiously attached person, you might kind of feel like it's just you. Like it's just you in the conversation and I don't even really know where my partner is at. So conflict might feel kind of lonely. So what, like, is there a normal amount of conflict that should happen in a relationship? Like, it's a good question. Like once a week, once a month, (laughs) once a month. This is like, how often should you be having sex? It's like, also, how often should we be fighting? Like, let's, we'll, we'll, we'll make a checklist for both. Did we fight this week? Did we have sex? Like, okay. what, would be a red, what would be a red flag? Well, so my my gut response to this is, hey, you know, you want to be getting more pleasure out of a relationship than than conflict. So the, the ratio absolutely would need to be more pleasure than conflict, right? Mm-hmm. The And then the other thing I'm realizing is, a lot of times relationships have seasons. We have seasons where Mm. there's not a lot of conflict, where everything's flowing really well, we're communicating well. And then there are seasons where, you know, my partner lost their job or their father passed away or, you know, and maybe there's just more tension overall. Um, so, So it's not fair to say like, well, no, once a week, is too much. It really depends on where's the, what's the season of the relationship. Yeah. Mm. I think, I think I have one more question 
But do you have any other yeah. questions? You have so many questions. Not like a ton, <laughs> but so I, I wonder, Dr. Morgan, what do you say to a person who's like, look, I'm low maintenance. Um, I, you know, or like sometimes I don't even really know what my needs are or what my boundaries are. Or I don't really think I have like needs or boundaries. I'm just kind of a low maintenance go with the flow person. Mm. <laughs> if I'm dating them, what would I say? <laughs> if I'm coaching them. Um, so no. So if that's your partner, you know, I would say you want to encourage them to listen to themselves, to listen to, you know, things as they come up. So invite them to get curious about it and then just make sure that they know that you want to hear what their needs are. Mm. And over time, if that doesn't change and you really just feel like, well, I have no idea where you're at, it's going to lead to some difficult conversations, right? Of mm -hmm. saying like, hey, I, I need more communication from you. I can't read your mind, right? Um, but I think, yeah, if, if that's happening in the beginning, just making it clear, I am here for you when you do realize what you need. Mm. <laughs> encouragement, encouragement. And modeling, and, you model yeah. it, you express mm -hmm. your needs, you show up, you model it, and hopefully they'll meet you there. Hmm. Mm -hmm. And then what, what would you, because I think this is, you know, the way I said it was a little like exaggerated or whatever, but it is mm -hmm. common in a relationship to have the one person that's a little more distant, that's a little more withholding, yep. you know, so like if, if, if you're in this situation where you're you're needing more from them. Like that's what's either making you not feel secure in the relationship or mm -hmm. whatever, because there's such a push pull dynamic that can happen. How do you sort of manage that without then like overwhelming them? You know? Cause I think that's why a lot of people hesitate to express their needs to their partners. Oh, I'm so glad you asked this. I've been thinking about this a lot. So this leads me to talk about the, dependency paradox is what I'm going to mm. call it. So, or you, you could think of it as the reassurance paradox, right? Of when you can ask for reassurance and knowing that, okay, the relationship is good and you get that reassurance, then you need it less and less and less, right? Mm. So the securely attached person can ask for what they need and hopefully the person meets it. And then you need less reassurance because, okay, you know, the relationship is good. Um, so I would say that the anxious attached person, they really struggle because they never want to express what they need. They don't want to express their feelings, but if they would just do it early on and do it enough and then get what they need, they would calm way down. Mm -hmm. Am I making sense? I know this is like a yeah. little... Okay. Mm -hmm. We're all attachment theory nerds here. So yes, no. And I get that because that's how I feel when I, if I ask, and I'm good now at asking for what I need. Yes. I just ask for it a lot. <laughs> yeah. And, and the thing is, is the more that it's reassured though, the less and less that you have to ask. And then of course, I, you know, teach us in the program. It's also about how can you meet your own needs, right? If we have anxious mm -hmm. attachment, how can we also learn to self-soothe or to get some needs met in other ways too? Mm -hmm. um, but 
if you're anxiously attached, you need someone who's going to be willing to reassure you. And in the beginning, they're going to have to do a little bit more than, mm. than they might with somebody who's securely attached. Mm. But the benefit is they're going to have someone who's really devoted to them, really caring, really in tune. It's just, can you work through those early stages um, and make sure that they feel reassured enough? Mm-hmm. Okay. So I think my last, so uh, first of all, this is all amazing. You're amazing. We talk about you all the time on the show. Oh, we constantly shout you out. I, I mean, I'm pretty sure my listeners like, oh yeah, Dr. Morgan at Dr. Morgan coaching. <laughs> <laughs> I'm flattered, honestly. Thank you. Of course. Um, so I guess my next question is, what are steps for just the regular couple that doesn't, hasn't done the therapy? Right. And you know, like this isn't just, you don't just read a book and be like, okay, let's sit down and let's have this first, you know, dialogue conversation. Mm -hmm. You know, this is something that like, let's say I was in a relationship and I said to my partner, Hey, you know, can I set a time to talk with you? And they're like, what, what the fuck? Like, just, talk to me. What are you doing? You know, or I'm like, Hey, you know, I really feel this way. And, you know, I think like, how does a couple go to get to that point? Does that make sense? Like it doesn't, it seems so non-organic. Like you have to practice it. So how do people practice it if they're not in couples counseling or if they're not reading the books about it? Does that make sense? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, I think one thing to think about is if you're in a successful relationship, it can also kind of be like a business in terms of if you're running a business, you're checking in about how things are going, right? You're not just like, okay, I guess there was 2020. Let's check in now. No, you check in weekly. You check in quarterly. You know the strengths. You know the things that aren't going well. So any successful relationship has space for those Mm -hmm. check-ins and it doesn't have to be weird and it doesn't have to be conflict every time. It's literally space where you are connecting on a deeper level and you're checking in about how things are going. So Mm. I had a couple once that was like, okay, Taco Tuesday, we check in about where things are at, you know? Mm. And here's the thing. There's always going to be one person who is modeling this or leading the way. And let's, I mean, it's not always the the woman, but a lot of times it is. I'm going to say that. There's also some really great emotionally intelligent men. Hello, Jared. Um, oh, you know, but most, but most so, men aren't emotionally intelligent. I'm also on that. Don't, don't be cool. I don't want to say most, but, it, I think, but here's the thing. Society has made them that way. We have said, we have put them in that role. So, but here's the thing, even if you are the woman and you're having to model like, Hey, in our relationship culture, I want to know what's going on. I want to know what are we doing? Well, what do we need to work on? Even if it is you modeling, you want to give the man the opportunity to show up and be an adult in the relationship. And you're assuming that they want to grow in their emotional intelligence. Give them that opportunity. As women, sometimes we steal that opportunity from them. We think, oh, they can't show up. They're not going to have this conversation. They're going to avoid it. 
we have to give them the opportunity, right? So, mm-hmm. uh, oh, I love so that yeah, so yeah. Is there? Sorry, I know that gave me one more question. Is there ever like a? Can you bring up something that happened like a few weeks ago? Like, is there ever like? Like, when is it time to just be like, eh, maybe I shouldn't bring that up because it's been so long? If you have reflected on it yourself and you've kind of processed it yourself and you've tried to let it go and you're still thinking about it, it would make sense to bring it up, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, even if it was a year ago, it doesn't matter. If you're thinking about it and it's taking up space in your brain, share that with your partner. Okay. Hmm. <sighs> and then the ideal thing, right, is like you get the like immediate reassurance of like, yeah, like like that's no big deal, you know, like yeah. or whatever. Or yeah. you're like, hey, the story I was telling myself was this, and they're like, whoa, it was that. That was absolutely not what was going yeah. on, right? So you 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 know step into reality, right? Reality is a good place to hang out in relationships. I, I just thought of one more thing. <laughs> <laughs> okay, really, really quick. I know because I know fine, you're no, on a time. Fine, fine. You're on a time no, no, I'm okay. Oh, I'm okay. Yeah. You talked a little bit about repair. Like, are yeah. there, like, are there, and someone else, I feel like someone else I was listening to a podcast was talking about how, you know, how there's love languages, there's also um, conflict languages or mm, like styles. N- n- no, like oh. how, how you need to feel loved after a conflict. Mm. Like, what are the different things that couples can do to really repair? Because sometimes you're so emotionally raw that it's like, well, what, how do you then go forward with A? Yeah, this is a really good question. And it definitely is so individual, right? We all have ways that are going to help us feel better, that are going to help us move towards security. The, The question is, okay, how can we repair and heal and move towards secure attachment again and and let go of this conflict. Uh, Mm -hmm. But it's different for each one of us. For someone, it might be, you know, physical touch. For another person, it might be quality time. We go on this, you know, long walk together. We all have different needs. But here's the thing. Most people don't stop to even think about what theirs are. So you're way mm. ahead of the game if you're even reflecting on what mm. do I need for repair and then asking for it. Mm. I love that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you so much. It's like, I i mean, I feel like you're my friend. <laughs> <laughs> you know, with, yeah, with coaching clients, it does end up being like that, which yeah. is why I love coaching. Yeah. Yeah. But I also appreciate your time and you yeah. giving me listeners this knowledge. Um, so plug yourself so my listeners can go find you everywhere. Yeah. And I wanted to actually share an announcement that I, I don't know if I've shared it anywhere else, but I'm just starting Ooh, to share it. The Asian TV exclusive? <laughs> <laughs> so you know how much I love attachment theory and we all know the book Attached, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. So... <laughs> Did you write a book? I am writing a book about attachment Yay. theory. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That's yeah. amazing. Yeah, yeah. When will it be out? So I'm hoping by January. I'm going to say that. Yeah. Oh my so, gosh. Well, it's going to be attachment theory, but it's going to be fun. 
And mm. it'll it'll be basically about, you know, understanding yourself and self-worth and then using attachment theory so that you can be successful in dating and everything that you need to go do that. So I'm excited about it. I am so excited for you. And Thank I'm excited you. to read it. And we will yeah. definitely promote it on the show for sure. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, I'm really excited. So that's Aww. your exclusive news. I don't think Yay! I've shared it anywhere else. Um, yeah. Okay. And then to, you know, come hang out with me. I am on Instagram at Dr. Morgan coaching and also the podcast. Let's get vulnerable, um, anywhere podcasts are aired. So those are the best places to find me. Yeah. Well, thank you again. We really appreciate you. Thanks for having me. This was so fun. This flew by. I really enjoyed it. I know. Thank you. Thank you. Of course. Of course. Of course. Thank you so much, Dr. Morgan, for coming on the show. You're amazing. We love you. You're always welcome back. Guys, go blow up her social media and her website and contact her and let us know uh, or let her know what you thought of her episode. And then obviously make sure to follow us on Instagram at hello and goodbye podcast at underscore Leanna Joan at the real Jared Rodriguez. We're on Twitter at hello underscore by underscore pod. We have a YouTube channel for hello and goodbye podcast. You've got the Patreon H and G hive on Facebook. Like a pro. <laughs> You're a fucking pro. If our so you highly recommend Dr. Morgan's yes. coaching program. And if our listeners want to yes. go and do that, they should let Dr. Morgan know that we sent yes. you or that you heard. Definitely. About it on show. If you guys are interested in her dating coaching program, send her a DM or email her and let her know that you are um coming to her from the show. And um yeah. Also, always feel free to send us DMs and emails and let us know what you think. And don't forget to turn in those reviews before the 31st. And we will see you next time. Bye. Bye.